Hey everyone, welcome to Sifted HQ episode lucky 21. That's right, we've been playing the crap out of Ghost of Tsushima, and we're here to help you guys. Let's roll it. After a six-year wait, Ghost of Tsushima is finally here. It has a gigantic open world with a lot to see and do, so we're back with another survival guide to help you stomp out the Mongol invasion from your coveted island. One of Ghost of Tsushima's best elements is how it handles progression. Every side mission and small activity helps to upgrade Jin in different ways. You can also have a lot of control over how Jin evolves, and we recommend unlocking his fighting stances as quickly as possible. Like Paper Rock Scissors, each stance has an advantage against certain enemy types and it makes a huge difference. You earn points to upgrade stances by observing or killing camp leaders. You can literally just watch one for a bit and earn the point. So use fast travel to visit as many camps as possible and either kill or observe the camp leaders. If you do this, you'll be able to unlock all the stances before the game's second act. Next, make sure to speak with everyone you can. It can be tedious and annoying, but some NPCs provide valuable side quests or can direct you to the next piece of powerful gear or new ability. Some of the side missions can lead to something truly special, so complete as many as you can. It's also important to revisit locations as people come and go depending on your actions in the game. There's something strange going on. I'll put a stop to it. When figuring out what gear to upgrade, we found it's best to put first priority in your sword and bow. These two items stay with you a long time, so don't regret spending valuable upgrade points on them. Armor updates happen far more often, so we recommend only upgrading each set one level. There's nothing worse than spending a ton of supplies on your armor and finding a better set 30 minutes later. Also, don't just use the highest rated armor by default. Each set caters to a particular playstyle, so choose the one that suits you best. When looking at your skills, as usual, focus on core abilities like healing and damage output. When you're ready to branch out, we recommend filling out the samurai and stance abilities. They'll give you the most mileage throughout the course of the game. Though there is a tree for stealth skills, your basic stealth abilities are more than enough to complete the game's challenges. In fact, stealth is completely overpowered in this game. It's exceedingly easy to sneak your way through each camp thanks to questionable enemy AI, an overpowered bow, and an overall lack of balance. If you're having trouble getting through a section of the game, just go full stealth and watch how easy it becomes. You can spend ability points to reveal item locations, but don't do it. The in-game waypoint system, using a golden bird and a fox are more than enough to direct you to the game's important collectibles. Once you start visiting these places, you'll be able to identify them without even following the bird. And finally, we recommend learning some combos. We're not talking about slashing with Jin's sword 8 times in a row. Combos are all about using all Jin's abilities in combat. So start with melee, follow up with an arrow, and then finish the enemy off with an explosive. You can mix and match this stuff to find something that feels right for you, and eventually it'll become muscle memory. Don't worry about using your explosives. The game is great at replenishing everything you use during battle. Ghost of Tsushima isn't a challenging game, but there are certainly moments that will test your mettle. Using these tips, you'll send the Mongols packing in no time. 
feel free to share your tips in the comments. Welcome to the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 21st, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and this is The Big Six. While we wait patiently for Sony to announce the release date and price for PlayStation 5, Microsoft still has some bullets in the chamber for Xbox Series X. This Thursday, in an hour-long presentation, it will show off exclusives like Halo Infinite and Hellblade 2. This week it was also revealed that every non-connect Xbox One game will be playable on Xbox Series X on day one. Xbox One X and the base Xbox One have been discontinued, and Microsoft will no longer offer 12-month Xbox Live subscriptions. Huge changes are afoot, but we'll have to wait until Thursday to get all the details. Xbox is ready to blow out its first party lineup for Xbox Series X, and Sony is blowing out the PlayStation 5 production lines. Initially, Sony messaged that it would produce a limited amount of consoles for the launch period, but Japanese newspaper Nikkei is reporting that it has increased its production order from 6 million units to 9 million units, with an eye towards 10 million units by the end of fiscal 2020. If you are worried about securing a PlayStation 5 at launch, perhaps this news will waylay some of your concerns. The gaming industry has been thriving since the coronavirus outbreak, but that all changed in June. MPD is reporting that console sales fell 17% year over year last month. That's not 17% lower than May 2020. That's 17% lower than June 2019. The Last of Us Part II led game sales with the best debut of 2020. It's already the third best-selling game of the year and the second best-selling PS4 exclusive behind Marvel's Spider-Man. The COVID-19 gravy train has pulled into the station. Next stop, Generation 9. Nintendo is innovative with video game marketing with its Direct presentations, and the latest Direct Mini just happened yesterday. Focusing mostly on Japanese games and third-party support, Nintendo finally shared an update on Shin Megami Tensei 5. That game was announced with the Switch, but here we are years later with little information. We still don't have much more other than it's releasing worldwide simultaneously sometime in 2021. The franchise has a near spotless reputation, so this is definitely one to keep an eye on for Switch fans. Destiny fans thought they had something eminent to look forward to, but Bungie just poured cold water all over it. The game's biggest expansion yet, Beyond Light, has been delayed about two months to November 10th. Bungie claims that it's due to remote development issues with the pandemic. For its part, the studio has extended the current season until Beyond Light is released. It's calling it a revolution for the franchise. If we had a nickel for every time we heard that phrase, we'd have at least... $5? Sports have struggled to come back in the United States, but not for a lack of creativity from the leagues. For this upcoming MLB season that kicks off July 23rd, the league will be playing fake crowd noise from Sony's MLB The Show 20 inside ballparks. European soccer has been using fake crowd noise during broadcasts with mixed results, but this sound is being piped into the actual stadiums through the PA system. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred better keep an eye on the Houston Astros. All right. That's it for the Big Six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 21st, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and I'll see you next week. Welcome back to Turned Up Tuesday, the only show that gives you the top games, albums, movies, and TV shows coming in the next week. Sony and Nintendo dropped some big bombs last week, so things have slowed to a crawl. 
but there are a couple games worth considering. Rock of Ages has been rolling for two entries now, and for good reason. There's simply nothing else like it. Rock of Ages 3 Make and Break brings its unique mix of tower defense and destruction with a Monty Python twist. Roll the ball around and break stuff. It's pretty simple. This time there's a level building tool to create your own mix of gameplay and laughs. It gets rocking and rolling today on every major platform, including Stadia. Scandinavian Folklore is the hot new theme in games, and you get another dose of it with Roki. In this adventure game, you explore an ancient wilderness while solving puzzles that unlock secrets, all while seeking out ancient magical creatures from Nordic folklore. It's a brains over brawn type game that will flex your gray matter when it launches for PC on Thursday. We don't recommend a ton of hip-hop on Turnt Up Tuesday, but this week is something special. Legendary rapper Logic has announced that his new album, No Pressure, will be his last. The Def Jam artist is hanging up his microphone, which is a shame because he's got one of the strongest flows in the genre. His new and last tracks toe the line with aggressive beats and machine gun lines delivered with diction and perfection. It's available on Friday. While you wait for the killer's new album in August, Neon Trees is doing its best to warm you up. Its new album called I Can Feel You Forgetting Me features the same concoction of guitar and keyboard in equal measure. Emo vocals with a faint hint of wine check yet another box. Just like the killers, their songs build to satisfying crescendos with a breakdown or two in between. Pick it up on Friday. The law of diminishing returns is starting to apply to TV and films. The studios aren't making anything new, and the well is running dry. This week, we're going to have to recommend a retread. Thought Joe Exotic was gone for good when he went to jail? Animal Planet says not so fast. Surviving Joe Exotic follows him and his zoo for the four months before he was arrested. This documentary focuses more on the actual animals at the zoo instead of the zookeepers, though the line is fuzzy. So really, it's just more Tiger King. If the Netflix series didn't turn you off, you can check out the premiere Saturday. Hey everyone, welcome to Closet Raiders, where I share some of the coolest stuff I've collected in my 20 plus years in the gaming industry. Last week, I had what I thought was the holy grail of Naughty Dog collectibles. After the show ran, a couple sifters reached out to me and said that they've seen it for $1,000. I was pretty surprised by that. I was actually surprised that people were calling that the holy grail because I believe, at least I did believe, what I have right here is actually the holy grail of Naughty Dog collectibles. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't follow this stuff that closely. I just have this junk in my closet and I'm showing it to you guys. But anyway, I thought that this was worth more. Maybe you guys can tell me. What I have here is a very special package that was sent to me, I believe it was the end of 2011. Yeah, that's right, because Jack and Daxter released in 2001. So. At the end of 2011, right before I was getting ready to leave for Christmas, I think literally I got this like the day before I left to go home for the holidays. I got this box from Naughty Dog. And as you can see on the front, it says Jack and Daxter 10th anniversary. And what Naughty Dog did was it, I don't know if this is what caused what happened later, I, I don't know. But basically what happened is, and I'll open it up for you right now. Naughty Dog sent these out to all the EICs and I have never opened this. I knew what was in it because 
Somebody else who worked with me also got one. Uh, he was the producer of Game Trailers TV, um, and they sent him one. And so he took his out and set it up on his desk, and so I could look at his, and I never even opened mine. So as you can see, it's got this crazy, like, sawgrass stuff inside. And as you start pulling that stuff out, and again, I've never opened this. This is the first time this has ever happened to this. It's all still packaged up, as you can see. And what it is, is a precursor orb that Naughty Dog sent out to all the EICs. Now, it's a statue that you can put anywhere you want. And you may be looking at this, you may be saying, hey, wait a minute, didn't Naughty Dog sell those on its website for a while? It did, in fact, three years after I got this, Naughty Dog started selling replicas of this on its website for $120. Um, but there are differences between the replicas that they sold and what I have here. So this is older and probably worth more money, I would assume. I mean, the fact that they sold them for 120 means that this has some pretty good value to begin with. Now, Naughty Dog, when it did put those for sale on its website a few years later, it still only made 500. So even the replicas are worth some money at this point, but this should be worth a good bit more. So anyway, if any of you guys know how much this is worth, that would be cool. Leave that in the comments. Um, again, this is something that is probably gonna go back in my closet and I'm not gonna look at it again until I'm ready to retire. And maybe it'll be worth a bunch of money by then. I don't know. Uh, it's pretty cool and it's pretty rare. So I'll take it. Noobs is back again with the biggest new game announcements from the last seven days. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker was a cult hit on the Wii U. If you didn't get enough puzzle platforming when it was re-released for Switch, QV is stepping into the void. Take control of QB, who must protect the balance between dimensions while solving ancient puzzles and avoiding traps. Control your own dimension when it launches exclusively for Switch this summer. There have been FMV games based on just about everything. Science fiction, horror, murder mysteries, and more have worked in the medium. But what about streamers? That's what Gamer Girl is trying to find out. In this branching narrative, you play as the streamer's lead moderator as she's stalked by a fan. Sadly, this kind of behavior towards female streamers is common, so it offers some insight into the real world when it launches in September for all major platforms. Google Stadia has failed to provide many compelling reasons to use the service so far. There haven't been many exclusives, but one was announced this week with Outcasters. It's a casual, isometric, third-person shooter where you're able to curve your shots like in the film Wanted. The maze-like maps should also keep you on your toes when it launches this fall. Ever since the arcade classic Rampage, we've known that giant monsters in video games are a perfect match. Yet, there aren't as many games as you'd think. Enter Dawn of the Monsters, a 2D beat-em-up where you use kaiju to save humanity from hideous beasts. Destruction is the name of the game as you lay waste to cities. You can even rip off parts of buildings and beat your opponents with them. Play solo or co-op with your friends on every major platform sometime later this year. Okay, that's it for Lucky Episode 21 of Sifted HQ. Big thanks to all our patrons who pledge the big dollar amount so we can do this show. Really hope that you guys are enjoying it. We have a lot of fun making this show. Here's the episode 22. We'll see you next week. Thank you.